You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Steven Simcox here with you. I appreciate you joining me on Thursday, uh, December 3rd. We have uh, a lot to get to today. In this first segment, we'll tackle some TCU men's and women's basketball. Women on the floor last night, men on the floor tonight, and a tough game for the girls. We'll get into that here in this first segment. In segment number two, um, we'll talk about TCU football moving forward, what this game's going to look like against uh, Oklahoma State. In segment number three, we'll continue with some football talk right here on Locked on Horn Frogs. But appreciate the time um, this morning or afternoon, whenever it is you're listening, and we'll try to cover uh, everything we can in the next 30 minutes or so. But one to start with TCU women's basketball. They hit the floor tonight against Iowa State. And, well, I wish I could say it went better, but tough night for the Lady Frogs as they fall to the Clones 91-68. to And uh, it was never really close, to be honest with you. Cyclones jumped out to an early lead. They went on a, a 12 nothing run before TCU was able to score. And they outscored the Frogs 28-10 to in the first quarter. Now, TCU did make a little bit of a comeback in the second half and actually cut it to 14, a 14-point game in the third. Uh, but then the Cyclones um, were able to, to put a run together before the fourth quarter and, and essentially put that thing out of reach. And Ashley Jones, who I told you about uh, before the game yesterday, had a huge night. She had 33 points, was 10-15 of 15 from the field. 10 to 10 from the line, and overall, Iowa State just shot the ball really, really well, 43% from the field, 31% from three, and that's how uh, TCU's been making their hay early in the season is with their defense and and some of that pressure defense and making plays um, all over the court, and that just wasn't the case tonight as they faced an Iowa State team that can fill it up. Um, Bill Finley's team always can, and they did that in Fort Worth. So, you know, on, on the good front for TCU, uh, Tavi Diggs had a career-high 19 points off the bench. Um, Lauren Hurd was effective with 18 points on the day in 32 minutes. But they're, they're really struggling to find a consistent score outside of Lauren Hurd. You know, Yummy Morris had a tough day, 0-4 from the field. Uh, Caroline Germond um, was not super effective on offense, only six points and four assists tonight. So you're going to have to find someone to kind of stand in the gap and help Lauren out as this season continues. I mean, I don't want to hit the panic button. It's ultimately game three of the season. They're now 2-1 and one on the year and 0-1 oh in Big 12 play. And this is a team with a lot of fresh faces. I mean, they, they lost a lot of production from last year. I, I, I think the, the thing that concerns you is you would hope that they would come out and play a more competitive game on their home floor. I know, I mean, the crowd capacity uh, doesn't really make it conducive to a home field advantage. But still, at home, Big 12 and opener, you would hope that they'd be able to um, really hang with Iowa State better than they did tonight. But the Clones are a ranked team. They're number 23 in the country. They can really score the basketball uh, but this offense is just going to have to become more consistent. I mean, they scored 84 points against Incarnate Word. A lot of that was due to a, a really good shooting 
um, performance in the second half. But in the last two games, 65 points against Central Arkansas and 68 points against Iowa State tonight. That's just not typically going to get it done in uh, in Big 12 conference play. And I did not see this note until I got on uh, online after the game tonight, but they were supposed to play at Missouri on Sunday afternoon uh, as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, but that game has been canceled. I'm going to guess that's due to COVID issues at Mizzou because I haven't seen um, anything that would indicate that TCU – is having any issues with COVID-19. They obviously played tonight and, and got through the game. So I'll go ahead and, and say with, without knowing for sure that that is due to COVID issues at Missouri. And they play Lamar uh, next Wednesday at 11 a.m. in the Middle Tennessee um, next Sunday. And then you start to get into the teeth of Big 12 play at Texas Tech um, and, and then Baylor shortly after that. So – Conference play will start. This was sort of a weird one-off game before a few more non-con games. Um, not the start you wanted, but plenty of time to, to turn this thing around. And that Tech game will be interesting because um, Texas Tech gave them fits last year. Even though TCU had one of their best seasons, the most successful seasons ever, and they were on track to uh, make the tournament and were going to be probably like a five seed uh, in the tournament. Um, they lost to Tech twice and really could not slow that team down on offense. They were shooting a lot of threes. Um, they were making a lot of shots. Uh, lost to them in Fort Worth early in the year and then couldn't find a way to beat them in Lubbock even when the team was uh, was playing a lot better. Now, Marlene Stallings, the Tech head basketball coach, was fired after um, a USA Today story uncovered that she was accused of uh, – creating a pretty abusive environment for her players. Um, so she's gone, and, and they have a new regime there. But that that's a game to keep your eye on, a team that, that's not ranked, that's a little more um, on the on the level of TCU as, as far as the team you're sort of uncertain about and don't know a lot about and is also dealing with uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of people. Um, who weren't on the team last year along with a new coach. So you hope that TCU can get back on track in Big 12 play with a victory over the Red Raiders and then um, can get back on track just in general with a win over Lamar next week. But no game against Mizzou, tough loss for the Frogs. And, uh, you know, we we knew this is what it's going to be, and I definitely think they're going to get better as the year goes on. Um, I'm just concerned because you don't have a lot of time to figure this thing out. I mean – you're you're hitting the the ground running and um, there's not many warm-up games so there's not much of a chance to sort of ease into the season and and learn as you go you're gonna have to do this on the fly and make adjustments and someone's gonna have to step up and try to, to help Lauren Hurd out and take some of the, the scoring load off of her shoulders. So that's your uh, TCU Women's Basketball Update. Actually, I thought we'd get to the men here in this first segment, but I'm I'm running out of time. So what we'll do is we'll push the, the men's basketball talk to segment two, and then we'll get into uh, some football talk in segment three as TCU prepares to play Oklahoma State, and the men play Northwestern State. Men's basketball plays Northwestern State tonight. Uh, we'll do that all next right here on Locked on Horn Frogs. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Coors Light. Um, Coors Light is the beer. It's the drink that's made to chill. I don't know what it is that you reach for uh, when you get a chance to unwind, when you get a chance to refresh. But when I have a chance to relax and, and unwind and 
um, get that uninterrupted me time. I, I grab a cold Coors Light. Coors Light's cold lagered. It's cold brewed. It's literally the beer that's made to chill, and it, it's the perfect drink to pair with watching sports when you're on the couch or in your recliner, um, winding down for the night, or you got some college basketball on, college football on. Make sure you're holding a cold Coors Light. You can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. You can get it sent straight to your door. Um, So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you. Segment number two today. I appreciate you joining us as we close in on we got – TCU and Oklahoma State tomorrow. So on tomorrow's show, Friday's show, what I'll do is I'll do keys to the game for this TCU-Oklahoma State matchup. Also look at the Big 12 schedule. Um, We got important games coming up all around the conference. And, man, we were talking with uh, Jeff Howe on one of the radio shows that I work on this afternoon. And we were discussing this Tom Herman situation at Texas. And he seems to think – um, that Tom Herman and his situation is basically beyond repair. Je- Jeff Howe works for Horns 247, and he, he said essentially um, he doesn't see a situation where Tom Herman doesn't get fired. Now, obviously, the Horns are trying to woo Urban Meyer, and uh, there are some rumors about mutual interest there, really nothing concrete yet. But fascinating situation going on at Texas. Uh, we're doing this again, and – Tom Herman cannot seem to figure this out, so they might move on and and go a different direction. So we'll hit some Big 12 news, and we'll also look at the Big 12 weekend and get those keys to the game for TCU and Oklahoma State. But we're going to do that tomorrow. Today, I want to continue on the uh, TCU basketball theme, and this time let's talk about the men. So uh, TCU men's basketball, they're 3-0 on the season, have a win over Houston Baptist, and then had a nice weekend at the Hall of Fame Classic. Pulled out victories against Tulsa and Liberty, and they play Northwestern State tonight in Fort Worth, uh, and then they get Oklahoma on Sunday. So an important kind of um, back-to-back run. You get one more non-con game for the time being. They're going to play some more non-conference games after that Oklahoma matchup, but one more non-con game before you get into some Big 12 play. And Oklahoma, Lon Kruger, obviously a great coach. They're always really solid. Um, so that should be a fun one, a good measuring stick for this team. But uh, it, it's fascinating sort of where we're at. This team led by Jamie Dixon, they're playing good defense. Um, they play really hard. I think they work hard on the glass. And on offense, it's still a group that I feel like is searching for that identity. They obviously want to get Kevin Samuel the ball. They want to get him involved, which – um, that's great. I mean, I, I think Kev is a fantastic player. I'd love to see him um, work harder and sort of demand the ball in the, in the low post more because I think he can be really effective down there. And then you got some exciting players. The, the most exciting player to me is true freshman Mike Miles, and he was their highest-rated recruit in this class. Um, he can make things happen off the bounce. He's explosive. He can shoot the three a little bit. He, he's got a very pure jump shot. So – Excited to see him over the next couple of days. But Northwestern State, this is another chance to sort of explore some lineups, get things going. Jamie Dixon said after that Liberty game that they're getting Jaden Ledee back. Um, and it's the first time this week, it has been the first time that they've actually had everybody 
they thought they would on the floor. They've had their full allotment of players and have been able to get some, you know, five-on-five work going and and that kind of thing. So I'm curious to see if that leads to some better results, especially on the offensive side of the floor. Um, In that Liberty game, you got to give them credit for closing things out. And I think going into this matchup, you're hoping the Northwestern State game is not really a nail-biter. But, man, they they struggled to execute late in that game in the half court um, on offense, turned the ball over a few times, missed some free throws, gave Liberty a chance to get back in that basketball game and ultimately either tie or take the lead with a possession um, with about 30 seconds left on the clock. So if it does end up being a close game, I hope you see some progress there. They take care of the ball better. Um, they make better decisions and, and have more of a, of a plan when it comes to half-court basketball. And, you know, it, it wasn't a banner weekend offensively for TCU. They did score 70 points against Tulsa, had a nice night shooting the ball. Uh, but against Liberty, 56-52, scoring was at a premium. And even back to that Houston Baptist game, only 69 points. So, I would love to see uh, some more aggression towards the rim. I mean, they're swinging it around the perimeter a lot, shooting a lot of threes. And they've got some good shooters on this team. But I want to see somebody sort of force the issue and get in the paint more, draw some fouls, make some things happen. Because when you get dribble penetration, that opens things up on the perimeter. You can kick it out and shoot threes. It also opens things up down low. So for you know Kevin Samuel, if he can't get position on a low post, if somebody can make something happen and get inside and then kick the ball out to him, and that could give him some easy looks, which would be huge. And uh, this also is a team that has some really good athletes on the floor and has been getting out in transition and making things happen. So I hope to see more of that against Northwestern State. One more thing I'm looking for, you know, P.J. Fuller did not play a lot this weekend. And he hasn't played a ton this season, to be honest. Uh, I hope that he hasn't found his way out of the rotation. I know they have some exciting young players on this team, uh, some transfers. They're pretty deep at the guard position. But P.J. showed some flashes down the stretch last year um, that warranted the hype uh, that he had coming in to college and and coming out of high school. Um, He – he plays above the rim. He can make things happen. I know that jump shot's lacking, but I, I would like to see more P.J. Fuller out there uh, against Northwestern State and hopefully against Oklahoma on Sunday. But one more non-conference game for TCU before they officially start conference play and get going. And it hasn't always been pretty. It hasn't been uh, – you know, they haven't been running away from teams, but they found a way to win. They found a way to execute – late in games, and I think that's the most encouraging thing about this team so far is even though they're young and they have a lot of inexperience and some guys that are either, uh, you know, making their first collegiate basketball appearance or a transfers from other teams, they're still finding ways to win. And Liberty and Tulsa were good teams last year. Now, the mid-majors, they're a group of five schools, but they're, they're solid basketball teams, and they were able to find ways to, uh, to get victories in those games. So, TCU basketball tonight, uh, that game's at 7 p.m., it's in Fort Worth, and it is on TV on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, ESPN+, Plus is the, is the thing to have now. Pretty much a lot of these basketball and baseball games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So even if you're not uh, a huge fan of that service, um, if you want to see TCU Athletics, I think you're eventually going to have to get it, unfortunately. When we come back, we'll talk some TCU football. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Locked on Horn Frog, Stephen Simcox here with you. Final segment of the day. Don't forget, please subscribe. Please rate and review the podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify. And uh, you can give me feedback on Apple Podcasts if you want. You can rate it one through five stars and, and leave a comment there about what you like or dislike about the show. want to also uh, clue you into something. So Locked On Network, if you don't know much about it, if this is the only pod you listen to, one, I appreciate you giving this a shot. And two, you know, one of the great things about the Locked On Network is um, there's local shows for just about every team, at the college level, at the pro level. And the Locked On NFL Network does a lot of specialty shows. And one of those is their Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth. You can check out Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock Central Time. Um, no sketches, no celebrity cameos, no stuff, no fluff, just football. That's every Sunday morning with Cody Roark and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So live NFL pregame show on Sunday is part of the Locked On Network. Locked On NFL Sunday. That's at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, 10 a.m. Central Time if you want to check that out. So let's talk some TCU football playing Oklahoma State uh, in Fort Worth this weekend. Now, Oklahoma State has been one of the tougher matchups for TCU since they've joined the Big 12. They've done better lately. They did lose last year. And this is a fascinating Oklahoma State team. You know, one thing I'm curious about in this one is just sort of their energy level and their mentality going into this one because they still have, I believe, an outside shot at a Big 12 championship game berth. But the the loss in Bedlam had to be so deflating uh, because it really put them behind the eight ball as far as being in the Big 12 championship game. And also, this was supposed to be the year for Oklahoma State football. Chuba Hubbard came back. Spencer Sanders was back. Tylen Wallace um, decided to come back for another season instead of testing the NFL waters after tearing his ACL last year. And, I mean, they're a really good football team. Only two losses on the year, but just haven't been able to figure out uh, the Oklahoma problem, haven't been able to win those big games. And, again, it looks like they're staring another season where they can't get over the hump. So, last week in Stillwater, they edge out Texas Tech, uh, won that game by six, and were able to, to hold off a furious comeback. So, they got it done. But Tech was leading that game by three points in the third quarter before sort of an onslaught from Oklahoma State that was led by some curious coaching decisions by Matt Wells, namely – an onside kick that was uh, recovered and turned for a touch, returned for a touchdown by the Pokes. So offensively for Oklahoma State, they have a lot of firepower. Now Spencer Sanders has had a very up and down season, um, and he split time between. Uh, they've been splitting time between Sanders and Shane Illingworth. Shane came in um, when Sanders got hurt in the season opener and is sort of been in out of the lineup since. But Sanders, 92 of 143 for 1,085 yards, 64% completion percentage, six touchdowns, five interceptions. He's been sacked 14 times. So teams have been able to get after the passer against Oklahoma State. They've also uh, been able to turn Oklahoma State over. So can the Frogs defense do that? The defensive line has honestly been pretty disappointing, except in some games against – bad O-lines like Kansas and Baylor. Um, maybe this is a week where they can sort of break through on that front. And turnovers would be great. They did force a couple of those 
against KU. That would be a huge deal in this game if they can set up the offense, which um, is really struggling in the passing game right now in some big-time situations. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has 625 yards rushing, but L.D. Brown has been effective for them at 395 uh, yards rushing, that is. Desmond Jackson had a huge game last week against Texas Tech. So Oklahoma State has a is a good run-blocking team. Um, they're pretty interchangeable with the guys they have in the backfield, similar to TCU in a lot of ways. they got a stable of running backs, but Chuba Hubbard ate TCU alive in Stillwater last year. So I'm sure Gary's going to be wanting to avenge that and not let him get going. And then uh, on the outside, we all know Tylen Wallace really well, 785 yards receiving on the year. Dylan Stoner has 230 yards receiving on the year. He's also an effective wide receiver and somebody else you have to watch. Uh, I'm not sure who's – well, I, I imagine Travis Hodges-Tomlinson will get the matchup against Tylen Wallace, and he's going to have his hands full trying to guard him one-on-one when that's the case. Uh, Wallace is a big-time deep threat. So getting pressure on Sanders is going to be a huge key. Can you slow down their run game and not allow them to get into some of that play action uh, that they love to do? Can you slow down their run game and not allow them to go over the top like they want to? As you know, is typical for Oklahoma State, they love to make big plays in the passing game. They love to test corners. So in a lot of ways, TCU is a really good matchup for them because that's what the Frogs want to do. They want to put their corners on an island and force them to make plays. Uh, but as I mentioned, last season, the defense actually held up pretty well but just gave up some long runs to Chuba Hubbard on situations where they were bringing pressure and didn't have great gap discipline. So huge test for the O-line this week. Can they get pressure in the passing game? Can they slow down this Oklahoma State rushing attack that's been so potent? Those are going to be some of the intriguing matchups in this one. Tomorrow, we'll get more into the keys to the game. We'll also take a look around the Big 12 Conference, and uh, we'll, we'll recap this TCU men's basketball game against Northwestern State. That's going to happen tonight. Again, that's at 7 p.m., and it can be found on ESPN+. Plus. So, uh, TCU women's basketball play tonight. They play again next Wednesday. The men play uh, on Thursday night, and then they get back in action on Sunday against Oklahoma. And TCU football coming up on Saturday. Another full great weekend of TCU athletics, and we have it all covered for you on Locked On Horn Frogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.